Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here, writing solo today. You can hear me and see me on this show uh, daily, uh, Monday to Friday, that is. You can also uh, now find us on YouTube and free wherever you get your podcasts. As always, we thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen of every single day. We really appreciate that. Uh, as I said in the uh, cold open here, look, we've got your questions. We're going to get to your questions. Plenty to discuss as the Bucks get ready for a matchup with the Minnesota Timberwolves. It's currently 12.45 a.m. on game day, central time, local time in Milwaukee. So a bit of a, a later podcast here as I go solo. So Bucks and the Timberwolves, Milwaukee 3-1. and one. And we discussed this. If you missed the post-game podcast from the Bucks win over Indiana Pacers, you can go back and check that out. I was with Frank. We broke down that win. But it's kind of remarkable that the Bucks have been able to get to a 3-1 and one record at this uh, point in time with all the injuries that we have had, that they have had. So let's dive straight into it with the injury report for this game against Minnesota, courtesy of our tweet here from our good friend, Eric Name. So Semi uh, Ojale with that left calf strain and Bobby Portis with the left hamstring strain are both listed as probable. Dante DiVincenzo out, we know that. Uh, Drew Holiday with a left ankle sprain and Brooke Lopez with back soreness still out for this game. So this is... This is significant. If you get Shemi Ojale back in the lineup for this game, and obviously Bobby Portis for the first time, we finally take some steps towards trying to figure out what this team is going to be moving forward. A few of the questions that we hit today ask about the big man depth. The problem is when you look at depth on the roster, you're not anticipating that literally every single player you have in a position is going to be unavailable particularly not to start the season. Unfortunately, that's the position that the Bucs have found themselves in uh, with Ojale, Brooke Lopez, uh, being out of the lineup here and uh, and also obviously Bowie Portis, who was such a big part of the Bucks championship run. So hopefully those two guys are back. We know there was some optimism that Bobby Portis might have played against Indiana. Uh, that won't be, that obviously wasn't the case, but we'll see whether he returns for this game. And much needed because Brooke Lopez still clearly struggling uh, with that back soreness there. He's always worn sort of a, a heat pad around his back when he sits down on the bench. So, you know, back issues aren't something new to him or back soreness isn't new to him, but clearly they're trying to manage him through the first part of the season here. So, and it makes sense. It makes sense. As I said, the Bucks are three and one. They play a Minnesota Timberwolves team that is two and one. They're back at home though. They'll be feeling good about that. A two and one uh, road trip. Uh, some more housekeeping to touch on. Yorgos Kalitsakis and Sandro Mamu Kalashvili uh, went back to tip-off for the Wisconsin Herd training camp. So uh, they were assigned to the Herd. I, I don't, I mean, I wouldn't read too much into this. I mean, I didn't look at this and say, okay, this guarantees that Bobby Portis is playing in this game tomorrow. From what I could tell from just looking at the video, it looked like Wisconsin Herd training camp was at Marquette. So just down the road from Fireset Forum anyway. So if they decided they wanted to play Mamu Kalashvili tonight in this game against Minnesota, they would be able to do that. But I think bigger picture, they're going to have to spend some time with the Herd. Those Both of those guys need to play. Mamu, 
I think we've spoke about it. It's almost been unfair, some of the situations that he's been put in early in the season for a two-way guy in his third NBA game, fourth NBA game, to be playing these genuine starters. And in some cases, fringe all-star plays, a very difficult position for him to be in. And Kalitsakis, some of our Greek, we know our Greek fans and, and listeners have been watching and listening to this show in big numbers, particularly since we went to YouTube. Maybe they'll have a better idea of this than I do, but... Yeah, Kalitsakis looks to me, and he was a guy that we didn't know a lot about. In fact, there wasn't a lot of hype about him at all before the draft. It was kind of a surprise pick. We've been through it. There's some links there, obviously, with management, with Giannis, and you know, they maybe have a better idea, or, or well, clearly they have a better idea, but maybe they uh, think that he can become something that perhaps a lot of people have missed. Let's be honest. They've, they've, that's happened before. But Kalitsakis, to me, in the small sample size that we've seen, looks like a guy that is uh, skillful. Skillful player, can get to spots on the floor. Certainly with the ball in the hand, he looks he looks okay. Um, but the shooting is is a big problem. Is, is that something that he can develop moving forward? We'll see. You're talking about pick 60 in the draft. Not high expectations anyway. I think we all sort of spoke that it was a shock that he got that main roster spot. But I would anticipate that Kalitsakis and uh, Mamu Kalashvili will spend a fair bit of time with the Herd this season. And especially for Kalitsakis, I mean, he's just in a position where it's going to be more difficult to get minutes. Mamu Kalashvili has probably, if you count him playing minutes, has been fortunate. He's been fortunate uh, that he was uh, that he's been out there um, for these games. That's the update as far as personnel as we move forward uh, with these games. So let's jump into some of the questions we have from you guys. Uh, this was both at Twitter. You can see my handle there on the screen, on the screen at Kane Pittman, also on the YouTube. I'm checking the YouTube comments. I'm scrolling through the comments. I'm seeing everything you guys have to say. So bring it to the table, and there's a fair chance that we're going to mention it. So first tweet we have here comes from Will C at ThrillWill95 on Twitter. He says, having a real backup point guard again is honestly as important, if not the most important thing the Bucks did this offseason Hill is savvy and still has the juice to defend and play make. Uh, his addition to the team uh, makes this uh, regular season ceiling go r- way up. He's using the rocket emoji there, the rocket emoji. Yeah, it does, particularly when you have injuries to Drew Holiday. Just think about it for a second. Last year when they had Drew Holiday and he missed that extended period when he tested positive for COVID, they lost five games and it was a really difficult stretch. They were on the road. But they really had to make a decision with what they wanted to do with the point guard position. Uh, uh, They obviously weren't having a lot of success with DJ Augustine. So a lot of the times they were trying to push through with Dante DiVincenzo as the point guard. And then obviously Giannis picks up some ball handling. Chris picks up some ball handling. But I think having a genuine backup point guard that is playable is obviously going to be huge for this team and in the postseason. I mean, we've spoken about it, but we saw Jeff T getting minutes in the NBA Finals last year. You know, George Hill is a massive upgrade for him. I know the other day on the show, Justin Garcia mentioned the fact that he put up decent numbers in Oklahoma City last year. That's George Hill. It's it's different putting up numbers for Oklahoma City than it is playing in the Milwaukee Bucks rotation. Let's be real. Because the one thing that I always marvel at when you look at the NBA, you look at these teams, like the Oklahoma City Thunder this year, honestly, I love my guy, Josh Giddy. This team might not win 10 games. Maybe that's exaggerating a little bit. They'll pick up some wins, but they're so young. They're so outmatched. They're so outsized every single night on the floor. They still get 100 points. There's still guys in that lineup that are putting up numbers. So that's why I I didn't see a lot of George Hill in Oklahoma last year, but I needed to see it 
on a contending team playing in a, in a really competitive team with structure. Does he still have the juice? Does he still have the speed? Can he still stay in front of guys? Uh, is he able to get to the rack? I think we've seen it. So George Hill in these first couple of games here, of course, he's an older player, so you have to have good health through the season. But I like what we've seen from George Hill so far. So I agree, massive, massive positive, the play that we've got from George Hill uh, so far uh, this season. There is plenty still to get to on this podcast, but I've got to talk about our friends at Sweatblock, specifically Sweatblock Wipes, which, by the way, look at this. Sweatblock Wipes, beautiful. It's stinking hot here in Australia today. <sighs> Hottest day we've had in quite a while. I would say it's uh, 26 degrees Celsius. That must be must be getting close to 80 degrees Fahrenheit. I don't know. I think it's probably around that uh, mark there. So the, it's, the sun's just starting to come down here. It's 5 p.m. local time. I'm going to get out for a run in a little bit. So maybe I need to use the Sweatblock Wipes because they will help you. There's a dry shirt guarantee. You can put this on and then you can uh, go to bed. Wake up in the morning, have a shower, and that dry shirt guarantee will kick in. I've told you uh, guys about a few of the stories, but the soccer player, similar to me, the runner, uh, is, it was a success story where he he put the, the wipes on the pits and then they were dry the next day. Fantastic. Everywhere else was sweaty, but not the pits. That's what Sweatblock is doing. So you can check out the Sweatblock uh, if you know if it's you or someone you care about is dealing with excessive sweat. Uh, you can check out Sweatblock. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on or at Amazon or CBS. Uh, so as I mentioned at the top of the show, we thank you for making Locked On your first listen of every single day. We're just getting started. I'm still getting used to this YouTube situation, but I've got some equipment on the way here. We're going to make this a, a more enjoyable experience for you guys as well. We're up to 1.3K subs on YouTube. Let's get that to 2K and beyond. I'm greedy. I'm selfish. Uh, but we appreciate you guys uh, making Locked On your first listen of every day. So let's go to the next question we have here. Comes from Rich Ward at Rich Ward Jr. He says that we are NBA champions. Confidence seems very real from Chris to Giannis to Pat to Wara. The entire team seems completely sure of who they are this year. It's been fun to watch. This is interesting because... I've seen this idea thrown around a fair bit on national podcasts and I'm I'm trying to think to myself what what does that look like on the floor what does championship swagger look like what when when does it most show itself and I think on opening night against Brooklyn there was certainly part of that I think it would be hard not to be caught up in the emotions of that night when you consider the fact that they got their championship rings the building was absolutely packed but in these big games as well, we're, we're really going to tell. They haven't really had a big game outside of that. Obviously, they got stopped by the Miami Heat, but a lot of the guys weren't playing there. So I am looking forward to these big matchups, particularly when it gets close late in games and seeing how this team responds. I don't think that there should be any panic with this team. There should be no reason to, particularly for Chris and for Giannis and Drew and, and all these guys that were on the roster last year that were in these big moments. They've hit big shots. And... And I think we're seeing it, and I want to. We're going to get to Pat Connaught in, in a little bit here, but I think we're seeing it with a guy like Pat. Like Giannis has always had the confidence. There's some obviously some stuff in his head that was probably carried through last season. When you think about all the pressure that he was under in the year before, with the max contract extension potentially on the horizon, so I think with the star guys, it'll it'll really show itself in in the big games in the postseason. But I am looking at the role players and saying, geez, these guys know that they're on a championship team. These guys know uh, that 
They've seen this team do it on the biggest stage. So I don't exactly know what it looks like. And I don't know whether we've seen a lot of it because I'm not looking at a game against Indiana and thinking, oh, yeah, this is a championship team because I think they would beat them anyway. Maybe it's just inner self-belief. None of the, and this is the problem. None of these guys last year would admit. I would ask them, everyone would ask them, are you under pressure? Are you feeling this? You've had this losing streak. You've lost in the postseason in years gone by. How, how are you feeling? How are you handling this pressure, which had to be there from the coach through to the players, and nobody would admit it. None of them would admit that they were under pressure, but they were. I don't care what they say. They were under pressure, but now they've overcome that. What does that look like later in the season when they go into the postseason? So I'm excited. This team looks great. Again, there's absolutely no doubt about that. But let me know. What do you think it looks like? What does championship swagger look like? Give us an example of when you've looked at it and said, okay, that's championship swagger. You can let me know on Twitter at Kane Pittman, of course, in the YouTube comments as well. Next one comes from Zach Clemens at Zach Clemens 5 on Twitter. This Bucks team is the most complete team in the NBA right now. If we can go into the postseason with no injuries, I think we have the best chance to win the championship. Well, the no injury stuff is is clearly the key. I know the Bucs have won games over the last few days, but I think anyone watching this team and seeing what the defense has looked like, particularly the paint defense and the rim protection without Brook Lopez on the floor, would be willing to sit there and say, okay, yeah, if we lose Brook Lopez, I don't think that this team is going to win the championship. Now, Giannis is awesome. There will be some people that will be listening to this podcast saying that's that's an overreaction. You're taking it a little bit too far. I don't think so. He's so important to what this team does. And, of course, there's going to be stretches down uh, in the final minutes of some games where Brook Lopez will be on the bench. We saw that last year in the postseason. We saw it during the regular season. But over the course of the season, over the course of a playoff series, he's just so important for that rim protection. I think the biggest thing that the Bucs have lost with Lopez out of the team they don't have the intimidation factor. And I don't think that can be overlooked because you look at all the stats, the field goals attempted at the rim, the field goal percentage at the rim, the Bucs have always been near the top of the league for that. But you know if you're watching this Bucs team when guys have an opportunity for a lane that maybe they can get to the basket, maybe they can throw down a, lunk or a dunk or a layup and they don't do it because Brook Lopez is there or they don't do it because not only do they have to get by Brook Lopez, but then they know that the help guy is Giannis, one of the best shot blockers in the entire league, one of the best guys timing-wise with his shot blocks, so they don't attempt it. And you lose that when Giannis has to slide to the five and Brook Lopez isn't in the lineup and then you've got Thanasis playing at the four or Pat Connaughton playing at the four. It's no disrespect to those guys. They're playing out of position, but they don't intimidate opposition offenses like the duo of Brook Lopez and Giannis do there. So, look, yep, I think this team is super deep. I think this team is awesome. I think they're one of the best teams in the league and they should feel that if they're healthy, that they're going to be one of the favorites to win the title. It's just such a long regular season. And I I don't sit there thinking about injuries and hoping that no one gets hurt, but it's definitely in the back of my mind. I mean, we see a a number of other teams tonight. Nikola Jokic went out of the game after a knee clash. Anthony Davis went down after he hurt his knee. LeBron a couple of days ago hurt his ankle and then missed this game. So look, we've seen it. We've seen it, and there will be people out there as Bucks fans listening to the show. You understand it. There will be people out there that will say, well, you only won the title because Brooklyn were injured. Well, who cares? You won the title. It doesn't matter how you do it, but to put yourself in the best position, you have to have some injury luck. Everyone knows that. That's that's just the way uh, this works here. So next one from UK Bucks at UK underscore Bucks on Twitter. 
Pat Connaughton deserves a lot of credit for his performances so far. Uh, he also says uh, War has been great. War has been great. There's no doubt about that. But let's look at Pat. So I don't get flamed for my takes too often. There hasn't been too many of my takes where I've been flamed for them. But certainly when Pat Connaughton signed that contract last year, I tweeted that you know, it was a well-deserved contract extension, which I still think it was. This was a player that was playing for well unders. He was on about $1.6 million per year, and he was an every-night player on the team that had the best record in the league two years in a row. Maybe he would sit there and say, yeah, look, my playoff performances weren't the best. Let's be honest. He wasn't alone. He was still a very solid role player. But what he did last year, particularly in the postseason, became a guy that could hit some big shots. And the way that he started this season is next level. This guy right now is averaging 13.8 points, 5.3 rebounds on 41% from three. Uh, just for just for your for an indication here, last year he was averaging 6.8 points. So currently, and the efficiency is through the roof. So it's going to come down. That scoring, I expect, will come down eventually. Of course, they've had some guys out, so he's had more opportunities. He's playing around 31 minutes per night compared to 22 last regular season, but he still doubled the scoring. But I think the most important thing is that he's up the three-point percentage from 37% to 41%. So I think throughout his career, Pat Connaughton has always been a an, an inconsistent shooter, I would say a guy that you never really feel all that confident when he's got a wide open three that he's going to knock it down. That started to change for me during the regular season last year. It, I feel even more confident now. I mean, he just looks like a guy that not only he trusts in his, in his shot and his routine and his ability to knock it down, but he's just got such great chemistry with Giannis in particular. He will find him for open looks all night long. And the team's got confidence in him to knock down some of those shots. He's already had a couple of big threes against uh, the Spurs the other day. He had a big three against Indiana as well. So Pat Connaughton has been on fire. I, again, I think those numbers are going to come down. I was almost about to say, is he actually the six-man candidate on the Bucks? Uh, I don't think so. He's probably not going to have the numbers to do it just because of the, the number of, of high-volume guys the Bucks have with Middleton, Drew, Giannis. But uh, at the moment, those numbers are looking very, very nice coming off the bench. And in addition to the scoring and the shooting, we know he's always been excellent rebounder for his position, particularly on the offensive glass. I said this last year. This was a point I made last year, but he's always so quick at reading when shots are short, picking up those long rebounds. He sprints across the lane, picks it up at the free throw line. So Pat Connaughton has been awesome to start the season so far. So I agree. He deserves a lot of credit. And uh, he's into his fitness pack on it, and there's no doubt about that. And I would assume, as a man that's into his fitness, he he definitely eats built bars. I would I would have to assume, or maybe he just picked up the habit of eating built bars this previous off season, which is why his three point percentage has gone up, why his scoring has gone up, and most importantly, why he's got the stamina to run out games. That's the only solution I can think of. I think it has to be built bars with Pat Connaughton. and I there's there's no other answer. I I can't see hard work. Sure, built bars. Definitely more plausible. We know if you talk to a Built Bar fan, they are passionate about their favorites. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, well, you're simply missing out. Uh, you know me, I'm a coconut guy. Maybe you're into raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate. Who knows? They're all there. You can check them all out at built.com. Uh, they're healthy for you. Uh, they're also the official protein bar of the US track and field team. So make sure you check out the website. Just go to built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED for 15% off at built.com.
All right, let's keep it rolling here with your questions. Again, do this all the time. Hit me up on Twitter, at Kane Pittman. Get on YouTube. Jump in the comments. I know we just had a Built Bar ad. There was a guy in the YouTube comments yesterday. He's like, well done. You've got more ads than show. Listen, man, I'm doing this show daily. Uh, I put in hours a day to do this show. I just want to earn a buck. Can't a man earn a buck? It was a 38-minute show yesterday. I counted the ads. Four and a half minutes of ads for a 38-minute show. Come on. It's free. Just trying, to, just trying to do my job here, guys. Come on. Carlo in the YouTube comment says, I liked our improved guard slash wing depth. Still super early into the season, but need a backup, need for a backup big stands out. I understand waiting around to the All-Star break. But who do you think is someone around the league that we could target or use to replenish that big man depth? So I would, I would hold the presses on adding the big man depth until we see what Shemi Ojale is. Because he is clearly a guy when they put, built this roster, when they put this roster together, Shemi Ojale was clearly the guy that they thought can play the air quotes. I'm doing air quotes for those listening, the PJ Tucker role. Again, what does that look like on the floor? I'm not sure. But in terms of size, in terms of positional versatility, where you can play maybe some five, maybe some four, undersized for sure, but he has the strength. More in the four, playing alongside Giannis, I would have to guess. A guy that shoots the corner three well. Hello, PJ Tucker. I think Shemi Ojale was around 40% on corner threes last year. So until, until there is a time where we can look at it and say, okay, Shemi Ojale isn't a guy that's in this rotation and I'm not too worried about the big man depth. Of course, if Brook Lopez, you know, knock on wood, if Brook Lopez, this back injury is more serious than we think or he's out for an extended period of time or there's concerns about him moving forward, then of course you have to pivot and you have to make a move. But right now, I just want to hold fire because, yeah, the big man depth looks thin and maybe it'll still be thin with everyone healthy. But it's just hard for me to look at this team and say, I want to make a move now or think about making a move until we get the opportunity to see everyone out there. But I, I agree. I love the guard depth and certainly at the wings. I thought Rodney Hood was a, you know, a, a wild card, if you want to call him that this season. I thought he was going to be a guy that who knows what you get from him. Maybe he becomes a rotation player, but if he doesn't, I wasn't that worried because I thought with all the guys that they've added that they're going to be okay. And now we look at it a couple of weeks in and all of a sudden Jordan Wara is in the rotation and looks like maybe he's a guy that sticks. Dante DiVincenzo is still to return as well, and Drew Holiday's missed, missed basketball. So, yeah, if there was any spot that I can see moving forward, the Bucks will look to make an ad. It will certainly be in the big man department. I'm just holding fire on making too many judgments until we see these guys play. We just haven't seen we haven't seen a minute of Bobby Portis or Shemi Ojale here, whether it's preseason or regular season. Ryan Maher on YouTube says, feeling pretty good about Jordan's defense so far around the rim. He still seems to be getting caught on screens and blown by a little easily, but he's definitely improving. So the screen stuff, that's, yeah. I mean, I, I don't disagree, but that's 90% of NBA players. Like if you watch them all, that's why a guy like uh, Drew Holiday, if he's really locked in and, and like we saw in the postseason, will fight through screens. Um, Eric Bledsoe was obviously elite at it. He was elite at getting over the top of the screen and pressuring from the side or from the rear contest. It's just rare. So 
I do think that it's more important that he doesn't have complete breakdowns and get completely lost out there. And look, yeah, the help side, rim protection and, and the athleticism that he's showing and the willingness to go for those blocks and get those blocks and rebounds, I think is the most important thing. So I'd agree. We spoke about it a bit more in yesterday's show. If you did miss that, go and check it out, the post-game show uh, with Frank. We spoke about Jordan War a little bit more, but I would agree in general, he's been really good. Just some funny stats uh, that I looked up before I did this show. So last year, Jordan Wara, 274 minutes, seven assists, seven blocks. This year, 97 minutes, seven assists, five blocks. So basically the same, well, the, the exact same assist total so far this season and only two fewer blocks despite the fact he's played around 280 minutes fewer than he did last season. Yeah, he's just doing more stuff. Last year, he's purely a scorer, clearly playing with the starters, he had to adjust. He wasn't going to be able to get away with just doing that, just being out and being a gunner. It doesn't work. You've got to do other things on the floor. Um, he's certainly been able to do that. So I think that was huge. So uh, looking ahead, uh, Bucks and Timberwolves, and you've got Bucks and Spurs. We're going to be here uh, right throughout. And before I wrap up today's show, I remind you about the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Check it out with my guy, Josh Lloyd, fellow Aussie. He will help you out if you play NBA Fantasy. He is an absolute guru, so make sure you check out that show. Uh, but Bucks and Timberwolves, 7 p.m. tip-off at Fireserve Forum. We'll be back post-game. Frank will be back with me. We'll break it all down. Uh, as always, thanks for your support, whether it's in the, the old-school podcast format or on YouTube. Uh, we're absolutely loving the support, and we're loving doing this new version of the show as well. But for now, for myself, Kane Pittman, we'll leave it right there. We'll catch you guys after the game. <laughs>